everything that lives is designed to end. We're perpetually trapped in a never-ending spiral of life and death. Is this a curse or some kind of punishment? I often think about the being who blessed us with this cryptic puzzle and wonder if we'll ever get the chance to kill him. So, welcome to the Backlog Breakdown. I'm your host, Josh, and with me today is my co-host, Nate, as always. But, you know, we do this podcast yeah, together. As per the usual. Yeah, yeah, you know. exactly. Yeah, this so, is um, sort of the thing that we, we, we do together. Every, every fortnight. Yes, every fortnight, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that is the opening to the game that we are going to be discussing today, and it plays a very important role in things that we are not going to discuss today, but that will be shoved off uh, for another two weeks for us to discuss. But anyways, just just given you know, just given a little bit, much much like the 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 subject matter of tonight's show, mm-hmm. it will all make sense the more you sort of experience it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. The longer you listen, all the obscured bits and pieces. Uh, will might actually come together at some point, uh, hopefully sooner rather than later. But we'll we'll see. We'll see. What we happens. also we also guarantee nothing. No, except for no. we will probably be pretty good at being bad at brevity. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, although you know, there may be some money, money, money twirling up the mustaches. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. But yeah, so <laughs> yeah, Josh, how you been, man? It's it's been, it's been two weeks since I talked to you. <laughs> yes, it has been a couple of weeks. Uh, I'm I'm doing good, uh, as as we'll discuss in the uh, backlog report. I have barely played any video games mm. once again. Mm. That's just kind of how life is right now. Uh, but that's okay. Uh, it's you yeah. know, there's yeah. just. Other things are going on. I'm currently, uh, this week is our student uh, retreat, like basically our youth camp that's going on. And it is okay, okay, on okay. site this year. Usually it's like all across, well, for, basically for all a second, across the country. You know, just to interject there for a second. And when you said on site, I thought you were mm-hmm. going to be like, it's on point, son. <laughs> but <laughs> you, 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 uh, <laughs> you did not do so, that. But no, no, just on campus at the church. And so uh, the, I I am there helping out with tech stuff every evening this week. So it makes for kind of a long week. Mm-hmm. Doubt that I'll get much video game playing time in this week either. But um, that's neither here nor there. Uh, but, you know, fun stuff going on. But Choky yeah, it's, it's been a good couple weeks. Just busy. But good. But yeah, good. things, good, good, things good. are going good. How are good, things with good. you and Megan? good uh we're we're doing pretty good over here uh it was i'm just uh today was my day off i just came off Mm -hmm. uh my long week so i worked six days in a row and that was a bear um (laughs) yeah there's a you know some cool stuff sort of cooking today was actually a pretty kind of busy day for me um so it's funny like you are the tech guy and i actually probably will be like picking your brains on you know at some point in time later um off off mic Mm -hmm. uh because basically there's a guy at church who sort of does everything he plays piano he helps he prints bulletins he's basically coordinated all the tech stuff for years and mm-hmm. he's getting married soon and it's just it's also it's one of those things where it's like one i'd like to take some of that off his plate so that's not yeah. always on his plate and mm-hmm. that if he does like move away or whatever like 
it won't be like this mad dash to like sort of pick up all the things where it's like right that and so that like if he wants to go away for a weekend or whatever like we can sort of keep things we can keep all the plates spinning yeah without it sort of burning down to yeah. the ground if um, he wants to take a week off you know after he's married maybe yeah like do something. Know, i've heard that like people like go places um yeah. after they sometimes. get married like sometimes yeah. i mean megan and i was like a week and a half after we got married then we went mm. on our honeymoon yeah, so I'm I'm doing some of that stuff. And That's cool. I didn't know you play piano. That's really uh, cool. I knew. Well, I do, <laughs> but not the way that he does. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants me playing piano um, for, you know. But no, like the tech stuff, like. Yeah, yeah. You know. Uh, cool. And some of it is fairly like, you know, we record the audio for, mm-hmm. you know, and we use Audacity. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I can, okay. I know how to do that. And yeah. And uh, I do that fairly often. I, I get to toot I, my own horn, but I'm, uh, a, I'm, I'm a bit of a. I I hit record and then I hit stop and then I, <laughs> I know how to it. export audio. Yeah, I, 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 I could do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but we started using uh, some video software as well. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So and it's 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 a much smaller sort of setup than yeah. a lot, but it's it's also there's like a ton of stuff in there where I'm like I. I'm like, I look at it sometimes. I'm like, mm, okay. Um, anyways, uh, the, but yeah, today was kind of a busy day. Uh, was coordinating some stuff for church and sort of getting some stuff together for like uh, just some paperwork for our Sunday school and nursery volunteers. I actually went and got fingerprinted today and turned in some other clearances to the YMCA. I'm going to start, I, I was sharing with you earlier, I'm going to start well, t- later today, at the time when we're recording it for me, uh, mm-hmm. I, like this afternoon after work, I'll be heading down to the Y, and they're starting up a chess club, and so I'll I'll nice. be teaching kids hopefully teaching scrubs. Well, you know the thing is like it's just gonna, it's going to also be one of those things where I'm going to look at these kids and say like, listen, at some point in time, if you stick with this, you'll probably be able to beat me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's there I'm, you go ultimate I'm, challenge. Like uh, you, you know, if you do that, I'd say you know, first kid to beat me, you know, I we get a pizza party or something. <laughs> I don't know. It's like three weeks later, we'll have a pizza party. Um, you know, cause, uh, no, but, uh, so I'm doing that. Uh, I was running around. There's, there's an older gentleman, um, who lives on the route. Um, and I, I do some stuff for him just, you know, to sort of help him out. And so yeah. I was doing, I was over there for a little bit caught. Then at one point in time, I ran out to visit a buddy of mine who just moved back into town. So I was a busy boy today nice. running around nice. that and, uh, yeah, getting mad at MTG arena. Because um, the RNG is garbage, is hot, stinky garbage. Nice. I was trying to think of a way to say that with a G at the end, and because you said that MTG, the RNG and MTG is uh, no, I can't, I can't garbagey, gar, but yeah, no, it doesn't work. Doesn't no, it's I mean, Swing I mean, miss. it is garbage mm-hmm. hyphen. Why? So it's garbage E. No, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. But yeah, the RNG is garbage E. <laughs> yeah. MTG's RNG is garbage It's I mean it's got a little bit of a like a swing, a little bit of a ring. Yeah. But uh yeah, you know, things have been pretty good. We're we're sort Sweet. of uh 
Megan, um, I don't know if she, she started 40 hours a week at a summer camp working in the kitchen and she doesn't get paid a lot, but she brings home a lot of food. Like she brought home a a whole Stromboli today and it's massive. Like, and of course, like I didn't see she, and she put it in the oven and she told me she put it in the oven and I promptly forgot about it. So I came home and I was looking for, I was like, I know we have left off over stromboli somewhere and i was like i saw a bag full of it and i was like okay well here's some pieces i'll just heat these up and then she comes home she's like so did you heat up that stromboli it was like yeah i threw some in the toaster oven she's like i had one in in the stove and i was like yeah don't remember that (laughs) so nice um, nice well more for later right yeah yeah it just means i'll be eating stromboli tomorrow for lunch or something so yeah nice. yeah Nate, awesome. nate's down like so it's like it's one of those things where yeah she's not making a ton of money but i'm pretty sure like we're gonna like substantially say like we're gonna save a bunch of money yeah on, like food just food uh, yeah <laughs> i'm just gonna be eating camp leftovers mm-hmm. like and i don't care uh but yeah yeah so things have been pretty good over here but uh you know, we, we've already sort of, you talked about not having a lot to sort of report on as far as uh-huh. you can play too many games. And uh, so, and and I've pretty much been playing nothing but MTG Arena. So let's okay. just, let, let's just hop into this backlog report. All right. Let's and sort of get just get her done. Wow. Dude, <laughs> that you were doing like this sort of pop and lock, like wavy. <laughs> After I smack the mic with it, sorry. I will edit that out and post. Uh, Edit that out and post. (laughs) I I was trying to make that a meme for a while and like a a bit of a tag, but it no. Let's let's just edit that out and post. I did edit things in post in in post two weeks ago. That was yes, yeah. Two that was it was fun. <laughs> I like, and it was like you were merciless with it for a minute too, and it was like it was like this like minute long gap or a chunk of the the podcast, and I was just like, he, he that madman did it, <laughs> that son of a gun did it, um, you crazy son of a <laughs> you did you crazy <laughs> oh, wild man uh, Jeff Goldblum, great. Great. We watched uh, the Prince of Egypt last night as a family. Mm-hmm. We just had a movie night after dinner, and mm-hmm. uh, he plays Aaron, and that's just so funny. I, I mean, I love that movie, and, and it has a fantastic cast. But it, I like had forgotten about it. But it's, yeah, it's just funny to see Jeff Goldblum's voice come out of this cartoon character. Anyways. Jeff Goldblum is—he's a bit of a—he's an interesting cat. Yes, yes, that yeah, is a that's... very good way of putting it. Like Did you know that he plays jazz? He plays piano. Doesn't that surprise play. me? Exactly, exactly. It's like, yeah, no of surprises. course, of freaking course, he does. He hangs out at jazz cl- clubs and plays the stand-up piano. Like, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What <laughs> are those things? And he's like, it's one of those things. Like, I, I have yet to see him in a movie where I'm not sort of entertained by his performance. Mm-hmm. I'm not even like, I'm not willing to say, oh, like, no, it's really good. I'm, yeah. But I'm saying like, it was yeah. definitely entertaining. I don't know. I don't know how much he's actually acting. You know, I don't know if he, it's, yeah. it's sort of like Bill Murray. It's like, mm-hmm. does he actually act? No, I think he just, <laughs> he just he like walks on and, set and says and, stuff. He's just like, <laughs> like yeah, he reads like, a script, but it's not is, really 
acting. Bill Murray reading the <laughs> script and like all of like the, yeah. I mean, it does not make Bill Murray any less of a national treasure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I, just funny to to recognize like it's it's not it's not his prowess in how he can convey these. No, like he's the same. Like I don't no, know how much of it is the same a dude every time. Like him. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's that's like, I imagine Goldblum. that is just that's Bill him. Murray. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's Val Kilmer. Yeah, I mean, it's like <laughs> Mad Martin. <laughs> anyway, uh, so oh boy. Uh, oh just because boy. we have so wow. little to actually to to report on, uh, now we're I mean, just talking about different actors. Uh, no, but I've I've got some stuff. So nice, just not a nice. ton. Well, then I can go ahead and and blaze through this stuff because um, really, well, actually, okay. So the only new thing that I've played is that I wanted to try uh, playing a game with my wife again because we haven't done that in a really long time. I think the last time we tried was Overcooked. We got to the very end of that game, but never never beat the last level. And then you were um, like, nah, dog. No, it's just it's like it's it's one of those multi form bosses, and mm-hmm. so like we tried really hard and we got past the first form and we're like, oh shoot there's more okay and so we got we got good we beat the second form and then it was like holy crap there's more like no we can't beat this in the time like what no so let me just put it down because it was frustrating we don't like getting frustrated together it's just not it's not not my idea of good Dude, time when when game like i i experienced that on mm-hmm. the regular but when <laughs> games start to frustrate you it's it's time yeah just like well, and when it, when it's with multiple people too, and it's like, how do I? I play more video games than my wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously, I'm just naturally going to be better at them than mm-hmm. she is. And like through most of that game, like, yeah, okay, but it, you could you could kind of make do. But that last level like requires you to be very very good, and so it's just like like it's not unless we sit here and like bang our heads against the wall for a long time and you know, until we both get better at it, like it's just, it's not going to happen. And I can't, I can't be frustrated with her. She doesn't enjoy video games. Like I do. Yeah. <laughs> well, like I and that's kind of like not, the, what's, what what's unfortunate is like the whole hook of that game is like, it is like this sort of like co-op experience thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they throw something in there like that, where it's like, actually sort of like kills the vibe yeah. because it's like this actually like, I don't want to play this anymore now yeah. because like, and that's like even some of those kitchens, like when Megan and I were doing some of those kitchens, I'm like, I get wanting it, it wanting to be challenging and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But like, there's also like just the like, well, we'll, we'll talk, but like just like the, the sort of like the gamer rage yeah. where I'm just like, this is stupid. And it's about like, um, I haven't, you know, uh, I mean, I'll t- I'll talk briefly about it if I remember. But Darksiders, um, okay, played a little bit that that with Parker again. Yeah, and there's they put in this platforming element, and just like every time it shows up, I'm just like, no, this is terrible. Like whoever was like, no, hey, let's put this in there. I'm like, okay, like I get it, and like I sort of get where you guys are. Like this is really bad implement implementation yeah like if you want to do something like this like the easy fix would be like give them like a, an, an edge hang like mm-hmm. give it so that like you know if a guy is like right up against a platform he can just grab a hold of it yeah but instead it's a, like this sort of like sometimes like where it's like you're like almost on it but you're not quite and it's like no your guy's just gonna like slide up against the the wall and and it's like 
Uh, anyways, well, yeah. I'll talk about that here. You know, when we get it, it makes, but it makes me crazy. <laughs> um, so crazy, like um, CeeLo Green. Uh, anyways, uh, so it, it, all that to say is that we started up Snipper Clips on Nintendo Switch, and we played probably a good hour of it. We got through like the first mm-hmm. world, and it's a fun time. It's cool. Because I've heard that. It's like it's got this interesting premise of being able to cut the different characters into different shapes in order to fit into different places. But it also you do different things in the different levels. So it's it's a big puzzle. You're not doing the same thing every time. Like you have to. There's there's a level where um, you push a button. Like you get yourself thin enough to where you can push a button, and a basketball comes from the the ceiling and it drops down and so the other person needs to bounce that basketball and be in a certain shape to where you can nudge it over to get it into a goal you know something like that like just these Mm -hmm. these random little challenges uh that you like look at all the pieces and have to figure out what you need to do in order to beat it so that's it's a fun time it's not it doesn't require a lot of you as a player it requires more like thinking through how to actually finish this puzzle with what you have because it does it's not always super clear what you need to do yeah uh, so it's a good time i enjoy it but we only played it once but like i said it was it was probably a good hour that we played it together which is good for us um and yeah have just haven't uh, gone back to it haven't had the time haven't had another night versus the two of us um to play the game uh, outside of that, a little bit of progress in Radiant Historia. I'm still not even to where I was <laughs> like before, like seven and a half hours in. Um, not even that far, so I'm still in the beginning of the game. But that's where I'm at. Uh, and then I played a tiny bit of Horizon over the weekend. I was able to sit down for maybe like a maybe a couple hours, but heavily interrupted by different things so pausing yeah. setting the controller down and going back um but i had to make it like a, a long way across the map and so i had fun just traversing that i got one of those little like bull things and and hijacked its brain so i mounted it and then went across and like hit other little dinosaur the little watcher dinosaurs mm-hmm. you just like ram right into them and that was fun just destroying it and then got to this one little area where they had captured one of those long necks. And so you take out the dudes in the area where they captured the long neck and then you jump onto him. So it was fun, but it wasn't really much of any, like much progress at all. It was just kind of like traversing the world to get to the next place. And I never actually made it to the next place, but found a lot of save points along the way. Um, and really that's it. <laughs> I have not been playing very much. Um, in terms of watching stuff, I'm, I'm sure there has been, uh, stuff that I cannot, that, do, that doesn't immediately come to mind, except that I did get into this YouTube channel and maybe I can, um, JCS, uh, psychology or something like criminal psychology, I think is what it's called. It's this channel. Um, that this one video was recommended to me. And it basically takes, uh, most of the videos are where they take public, um, like videos that have been released to the public of interrogations for crimes. 
and he does like a breakdown of the different tactics that generally it's that the um, investigators are employing, but sometimes it's also the the people, you know, the criminals basically, because he really only uses, there's one video where he's like, where he actually uses people who um, are innocent. And so he shows you like, this is how a normal person, like someone who's innocent would actually react to this compared to someone who's um, someone who actually, you know, committed this crime. But most of the time it's from actual criminals. And so like, because it's released to the public, you know, years in advance, these are like old cases that have been tried already. And, and uh, yeah, it's just interesting. I fell down the rabbit hole is basically all I'm trying to say of like, watching these videos on uh, criminal psychology, but also interrogation tactics and then some true crime stuff. And there was even a, a documentary on Netflix I watched too, because my wife is, is way into that stuff. And she had seen it a while ago and had recommended it to me, but I never got around to it. But over the course of a weekend, a couple weeks ago, I like binged all these videos and stuff. And so I was really into really into that for a weekend so that was cool like the psychological uh, profiling stuff yeah yeah that's yeah, pretty and, neat and it, it well and even just the tactics and and the psychological like warfare basically i mean basically yep. what i've learned is don't say anything don't do anything <laughs> well you know because like, you're gonna incriminate if, yourself <laughs> yeah if you're well here, here's the thing it's like don't be a psychopath. It's a great place <laughs> well, to right. start. Like, yeah. Start with that one. Um, yeah, you know, so psychopathic and sociopathic urges. Uh, if you feel those, just go get help. Them, stuff them this, deep down. This, this <laughs> just like, take that and just bury that <laughs> deep inside. Um, don't, don't, uh, you know. But uh, yeah. yeah, don't, don't ever talk to anybody about any of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, yeah. No, that stuff is pretty interesting, though. Yeah. But, um, I, I've I've listened to a bunch of books. Uh, I've actually been been listening to a lot lately. Um, nothing necessarily jumps out at me. I th- this last one was um, "Discrimination and Disparities" by Thomas Sowell, uh, which is really mm-hmm. interesting. It just kind of uh, gives it, it. Basically, you know, the whole premise is kind of the idea that like there are lots of different causes it's like causation versus correlation kind of a thing and like yeah. nowadays people jump to like conclusions very quickly and like you have to actually look at um i did i did listen to that book that wes had recommended as well two dollars a day um mm-hmm. and that was that was interesting but i think and i think wes had said this too on the on the podcast but like their whole conclusion was kind of like so in order to help these people, we should have these government programs, you know? And it's like, uh, yeah. I disagree. I don't think the government really needs to. Well, I was actually talking to, like, when I was meeting with my buddy, we ran mm-hmm. into a young man and we got started on, like, federal government and just government, the role of government in general. And, like, at this point in time, and it's... I. Uh, 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 granted this is a broad brush statement right but there are so many people who are dependent on the federal government mm-hmm. to sort of do all their thinking for them mm-hmm. and sort of like and and i'm just saying like y- you know and to me like one of the basic areas where if people just exercise a little bit more like fiscal awareness and fiscal discipline 
they might not have like you know it was like oh we don't have you know it was like uh the, there's a guy that I listen to and he constantly harps on the fact that like people don't have enough money to handle a five hundred dollar emergency mm-hmm. and and but then it's like I also. I sort of look at our culture and I'm like, well, that's because we're spending on stupid things. Like yeah, I most, hate to be the, avo- the avocado have, toast guy. <laughs> well, right. I'm thinking of iPhones. Yeah. And I'm saying you don't need those. Like, I'm not saying don't have an iPhone, but I'm right. also saying like, if you have an iPhone, you don't get to complain about how you can't pay your bills. Yeah. Like if, if you have like a fairly new smartphone period, mm-hmm you don't get to complain about how you don't have money to pay your bills. Yeah. Because at that point in time, like I'm looking at that and I'm saying like, granted in a way, like some people are like, well, it's a necessity. And I'm like, but it kind of isn't right. Like it, it kind of isn't. Yeah. And I don't know. I just, I, I like just, there's so much stuff too, where it's like, there are people like, and again, don't want to like broad brush it or sort of like misrepresent too much, but there's so much stuff where I'm like, I'm like, really? Like, mm-hmm. you, so you can afford this like several thousand dollar phone or piece of, like, or, y- you know, there's a Facebook group that I'm in where people are like, you know, I, I, I saw, it's a gaming group and I saw mm-hmm. a guy who, it was weird. Cause I was like, I know that name from somewhere. Like a few months ago, he was like complaining about not having any money. Okay. And then, you know, talking about how, like how like the, the stimulus was like a good thing and everything else. And I was like, okay, that's, that's fine. And then like a few days ago, he posted about how like, just got a PS5. And I was like, that was the first thing like, popped in my head. Oh no. Yeah. And that's exact. And I saw that and I was just like, Ooh. Yeah. Like, and it, but it, it is just like sort of one of those things where you just kind of like, Oh you know, man. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yes. I, I think, I think by and large that that is, is the issue in most, in most yeah. cases like this. Um, the book, however, $2 a day, it did, it profiled, I think eight different people and they were basically all people in very tragic situations. Um, so through most mm. of the time, no fault of their own or somewhat fault of their own, but they also, it was kind yeah. of, you know, selective in, in the areas that it did talk about, but it did, it gave, it gave me a new perspective on like, oh yeah, the, like basically being poor is really rough, you know? And oh, like, yeah. I have, and yeah. I have no qualms. Like I, yeah, I agree with the premise and like, yeah, some things that happen are just tragic life beats you down. Um, but I have a different solution rather than <laughs> rather than making bigger government, you know? So, so outside of the conclusion, yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it was an interesting read for sure. And, you know, he had compared it with like, cause I'd brought up Hillbilly Elegy, Hillbilly Elegy and he talked about that. And so, and it's, it is along those same lines, just in different contexts and different profiles of different people that, um, yeah, that are, you know, suffering because of, sometimes no fault of their own or, or, or just the way, you know, life, yeah. life is just really tough. And, uh, yeah. and so, yeah, it's, it's like, it's heartbreaking. Um, but yeah, the solutions are, hmm. it's, it's difficult because like, if you take these individual cases, well, then are you saying like, that's how most of these people are, you know, and well, then how do you fix it? I think it's just, it, 
Because when it comes to all people, of that, there's not a broad brush solution. Exactly. Like a lot of that stuff requires like individual sort of like examinations yeah. and approaches. Yeah. Like so, there's some stuff where it's like I'm. I I mean, I remain convinced that most people who suffer from like poverty. Mm -hmm. Like if you were to sit down and say, like, look at all their financial stuff, like it would, you, you could suss it out real quick and say, mm -hmm. here's where you're overspending. Yeah. This is like, these are the areas that you need to like cut back. You cut back on X, Y, and Z and you'll start to see a surplus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I think by and large, cause, cause even when you go down the road of saying like certain programs are going to be able to, you know, just target these, these specific, it's like. No, every program is uh, going to be, uh, oh, I just had the word and it just um, popped out of my brain, but it's going to be taken advantage of by people who don't need it. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it, yeah, it's, it's complex in such a way that like, there's, there's not, there's not a simple I, I mean, honestly, I think if the federal government wanted to do something to help some of that stuff, like start like a free financial counseling program. Yeah. Where yeah. like, you know, like civil servants, like social workers, like you could sit down with social workers who are trained to like in finance and budgeting and can sort of like sit down and, and again, I don't even think that's really a great solution, mm -hmm. but I'm saying, right. you know, at that point in time, like it can be on an individual level. Mm -hmm. Where like somebody can sit down, you can they can look at your paperwork, you, you know, they can look at your bank statements and stuff with you and say, okay, like, well, we'll hear, you know, and they can provide maybe some like tailored, I mean, but that's that requires an immense amount. Anyways, there's a whole bunch of stuff that, like that's not a great solution either. Yeah. I'm just saying like sometimes I think it's better than that. Just let's throw a bunch of money at it because there's a bunch of people who throwing money at is not going to fix their problems. Yeah, yeah, it's just gonna give them opportunities to dig themselves deeper. Mm -hmm. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. And so. as, as someone who has lived in a big city his entire life, like I just, I didn't realize that that, and, and I mean, like we have poor parts of town. Like don't, I, I grew up mm -hmm. somewhat poor, <laughs> you know, not like in, not in poverty. I don't mean to say that, but you know, just like the lower end of, of, I don't know, like middle yeah. class. But so anyway, anyways, just to, to hear these stories was like, man, uh, yeah, it's some people just have it really rough. So, anyways, I, I guess that's all. <laughs> I guess that's all I have to report on. Um, the the only other thing, actually, um, because of the time warp of this episode, have not recorded it yet. But most of you guys listening have probably already heard it. Planning on doing a uh, bite sized on Aroni Kenshin because I just finished that up today. And uh, if you haven't already heard, it is absolutely fantastic. I love it. Probably my favorite manga. Boom. Hmm. Makes me want to watch the anime. Mm. So, because I me hate too. reading. <laughs> so, how you doing in Anna K? Uh, I did not read. Well, let's just—I <laughs> have not read it in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, but, and it is like, as a general rule, and there's a really a, a sort of a strong recommendation here. One of the most recent episodes of the Bookening, they talk about mm -hmm. audiobooks and how they use audiobooks and stuff uh -huh. like that. And I really appreciated, like, I thought there was, like, and a lot of it sort of echoes or mirrors, like, a lot of my own decisions. Like, as a general rule, listening to philosophy mm -hmm. uh, or 
I'll try to break down the rules just real soon. Like I recommend people go check that episode out. Okay. Um, but they talk about like what should you listen to versus what you should probably just read. And you know, it's sort of there's some people who can listen and that's how they 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 sync up with it and it's just better and da 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 da. Uh when it comes to like things like theology, philosophy, any sort of like heavier text that I actually need time to process. Mm-hmm. I actually try to avoid listening to that stuff. Or at least not one, on three times speed. Not on three <laughs> times, but it's, you know, to me, those it's, it's much more helpful to have the text in front of you. Yeah, for so sure. So you can sort of read through a passage, make notation sort of, and keep going and, and sort of chew through and work through. Um, I do tend to the bulk of my listening when it comes to books is or audiobooks rather is fiction mm-hmm. and so uh but anna k and they even said this they said tolstoy is like the one guy they're like read him he deserves to be read and and they're not wrong mm-hmm. because when i do when i read anna karenina i sit down and it's like i sort of drop into that world yeah it's just i haven't been uh things well things have just been very busy at the post office and magic the gathering arena has taking up like it's i i gotta get that thing under control man <laughs> yeah <laughs> and sure. megan and i had a little bit of a conversation about it today mm-hmm. where she was just like if a game is making you feel this way maybe you ought to put it down for a little bit mm-hmm. but i'm also like but i can't <laughs> yeah um she's like anyways, here's a so trombole so you can feel better yeah um, i'm gonna i'm gonna eat my feelings uh <laughs> Uh, you know, look, looking for that, that pizza grease and Dr. Pepper sort of moment. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, so as far as books go, uh, I have been listening to a lot of different stuff. Nice. So, uh, wrapping up some stuff, like I finally finished range by David Epstein. Uh, like I had like an hour left in that and it was, that Dude, that's a very interesting book. I recommend people read it. Talks about sort of like the specialist versus the jack of all trades models, um, or the generalist rather. And I'll like both of them are useful. Um, and it's it's, it's very cool. I, I recommend it. Uh, I also had started and had never finished, but did finally just finish Astrophysics for People in a Hurry by Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> Most of that book was completely over my head, but this is what I, and, and Tyson, DeGrasse Tyson narrates it. Okay. Uh, that dude, I mean, granted, I think he's a bit of a buffoon. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like he's like one of those guys that's like, oh, science answers everything. Yeah. He's like, but he does it in a very, like, very rich kind of like, he's like, he's sort of almost poetic kind of like, he's got a very pleasant voice. Um, nice. and he's got very, and it, but it's the, the, the book is fun and I don't, it's not one of those, it's, it's like one of those things like the bits, there are parts that I sort of understood and parts I didn't understand, but it, I, I think it's worthwhile. Like, it's like one of those books that like, I think like it's good to just sort of get out of your wheelhouse and just sort of listen to and think about something that's just like not there. Um, gotcha. like Does it tackle not, flat not, earth at all? Uh, I think he would just laugh at that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, he's like, uh, he's like, there's a whole bunch of math. And then there's some pictures that would very strongly disagree with like all of your sort of, and he's like, Photoshop I is mean, a great like, tool, Nate. 
Photoshop, yeah, you you know, but uh, he, he he's a he's he's a just an interesting dude, and uh, it's 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 funny after listening to it, it's like how is a man this smart and this brilliant, like just it just goes to show you, like I mean, Neil deGrasse Tyson is way smarter than I like like than anybody I know, mm-hmm. but he just rejects the truth of the gospel. Right. He rejects the truth of scripture and you know, he's sort of blinded by his own. He's like, well, I have it all figured out or mostly figured out. And it's like, Oh, but dude, you're like, you're missing like the important, like I, it's, it's this, I used to, I have a, a buddy, a high school friend who he's an avowed atheist. He, he was a biochemist. Yeah. You, you know, he's a, he is a biochemist and it's just like, they have all these howls like they're like they understand mechanically how things work on a level that I just foundationally do not. Mm-hmm. But I looked at him one time and I said, and this is the question that science will never answer. Why? Like, why, why do these things matter? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's, it's in a lot of ways, it's the question that the presuppositionalists pose like, mm-hmm. you know, this whole according to what standard or like, why, why do these things like, what does it matter? Like, like if we're just, you know, meat bags and it's all just zeros and ones and this is just chemistry and biology sort of doing its thing and this is the laws of thermodynamics working themselves out and that's it, then none of this matters. The Holocaust has no moral weight. Abortion has no moral weight. Murder has no moral weight. We can rape, kill, pillage, destroy, and it means nothing because there's no moral significance um, unless you're a human existentialist, and even then it doesn't. You just have a veneer. Mm-hmm. And but speaking of uh, our existential Hey-o. humanism, uh, we will be touching on that uh, here later on. That's a remember that phrase, kiddos. Um, anyways, just it, it, it's it's a really kind of neat read. Mm-hmm. The Grass Tyson is very smart and. At some point in time, maybe a few years down the road, I'll dig it back up and listen to it again. Because the way he talks about physics, man, it's like, it's almost like, dude, that's, that's super cool, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. when I'm listening to him talk about like how radio waves work and all this stuff, okay. I'm like, I'm like, what? But they heat uh, my food. No, I'm just kidding. Those uh, are microwaves. Like, I'm, I'm just kind of going, <laughs> like the insert Tim Allen sound. Like, <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Uh-huh. 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 <laughs> yeah that, that weird uh yeah we just uh, the best radio best yes. radio ever uh anyways uh moving on i have also sort of i finished up the white rose by glenn cook that's that um black company series mm-hmm. books uh i also started uh the silver spike which is technically i think like book 3.5 it's it's not in the published order, it doesn't happen next. It actually was published later on, but it actually covers sort of, it's an in-between story that covered like sort of bridges. It happens simultaneously with the next book. And so I just like, I was sort of looking around. I was like, what should I listen to next in the series? And it's like, well, technically some shadow something is like, they're like, that's the next one, but you should probably listen to this one. This is like this is like the fandom's preferred order yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um. So that uh, and then as far as games go, like I said, mostly MTG Arena, dude. Like I just I play 
way too much mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, got to get some of that under control. But that game is, and we talked about like, it, it makes me want to like simultaneously burn my house down and then sort of do stupid, or not, not simultaneously, alternatively, alternately. Um, like I'm like either like, yay, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun or I'm like, I hate everybody and this game is stupid why am i still playing this um it sucks and i hate it it sucks and i hate it but then i turn around but i love it uh, sounds like uh, an abusive relationship mate it kind of is uh but it keeps it me coming is. back well and it's uh, just to briefly touch on that and we talked about it briefly in the bro hang but it's like some of the things that we talked about is because like th- there's the different rarities right yeah but because of that wild card system that sort of throws the wrench in a whole bunch of stuff where it, these things are actually s- significantly harder or easier to obtain in in the digital format right and like i said like sort of that ease of access actually serves to be pretty obnoxious in some way because like i could build like i could look at somebody else's stuff rip off a super powerful deck and that's that but mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, it's just one of those things where it's like, it's su- super frustrating because for me, it is a bit of a creative outlet. And I look at it and I'm like, how can I like take these ideas that I see other people doing and how can I riff on that? It's, it's very much a free form thing. And then you have people who just are like, no, I'm, I'm going to make a deck that all it does is win mm-hmm. and it's lame and it's dumb and it's not creative and it's boring but I win. And so I feel validated and vindicated and good about myself. And maybe I just need to be a better loser. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but I, it just like, to me, I'm like, it, it's like one of those, it's like, it's, it, those would not be satisfying victories yeah. in my opinion. Uh, so I did actually fire up my PS five today for a little Hey-o. bit. And I, I, I played some near automata um, just like for a minute or two, just to sort of be like, I, I kind of wanted to go through and do some missions and stuff and like, sort of like, you know, continue to hunt down. I have like eight trophies left. Okay. Um, okay. So like I'm, I'm, I'm closing in on some of that stuff. So there was that. I also fired Moonlighter up for a second, but I was like, I played it for like a second. I was like, I'm going to go back to near automata. And I also downloaded there's like a demo for the new Square Enix Final Fantasy okay. Origin game mm-hmm. thing out on PS5. Download that, haven't touched it at all. Gotcha. Um, also played some Darksiders with Parker over the last couple of weeks. And and I, I already sort of talked about this, but the platform, like they're, they're, they put in these platform segments and it's an isometric sort of top-down-ish gotcha. 3D game. Like it's very Diablo-esque sort of like, you have this sort of like zoomed out perspective of the map. And then they put in these like platforming elements and I wouldn't be so upset about it, but they're just, they're not good. (laughs) It's like, I would like them if they were better. (laughs) I would like them if they actually worked and weren't just like trash because there's times where they like, they want you to sort of have a, a level of precision in Mm -hmm. this that is just, like I'm not a huge fan of like games like Celeste. Anyways, they're hard, mm-hmm. like, the super precise platformy type stuff makes me crazy. I need to go back and actually wrap that game, like finish that game at some point mm-hmm. in time, so that we can mm-hmm. talk about it. But I appreciate those. And 3D platforming is especially tricky. Yes. But then you have like a bad camera, and then you don't have like super 
precise controls. And it's just like, you kind of have to rely on these, these elements that I'm just like, oh, this is, this is a terrible idea. No, this is dumb. Yeah. This is bad. Like, how did this make it through QA <laughs> testing? Like, you know, how does somebody not sort of look at them and say like, hey, this is a, you guys might want to do something else with this. Uh, this sucks and I hate it. So this sucks <laughs> and it actually makes this game not fun. Like, you know, it's a good thing that, well, and it's like, it's not part of the, the general loop of the game. Yeah. It's just this sort of auxiliary stuff. But I'm like, why put this in there? It doesn't work all that well. Why? But why? Yeah, exactly. The the question, but why? Um, anyways, so also just, this is not really backlog report related, but it kind of is. We recently did a thing in the Discord uh, for our video game book club. Uh, I will figure out at what point in time we need to sort of have that hangout session in Discord. Just for anybody listening, if you're staying sort of current and you haven't, Oh, we have pretty much moved all of the event stuff over to the Discord. It's just the book club on Facebook doesn't get nearly sort of the traction or the interactivity. And it's like, I'm not getting rid of that, but it just like, it seems like it's just, we interact way more with more frequency and more consistency in the Discord. Mm -hmm. And so just kind of like, hey, you know. You go uh, where the people are. Go where, yeah, and so we've we've moved all that. And we've we've you know we've had some people come from the Facebook group into who, who've and uh, anyways. So instead of doing a um, a backlog draft mm -hmm. this quarter, I thought it might be fun to just see you know have everybody sort of vote on a game for a bunch of us to play together. Mm -hmm. And I think probably what I'm going to do is just alternate between those two things for a little bit. Nice. Um, for anybody who's doing the backlog beatdown, if you buy the book club game, it doesn't count against you, but it also, if you buy it, you also don't score on it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you, you buy it and you don't take any points, but you're also not going to receive any points because it's optional. You don't have to do this. Yeah. This is it's just like sort of like quest. a fun little side quest sort of thing. Uh, and now if you own it, well then we would obviously encourage you to beat it so at some point in time we will hang we will schedule like a a discord hangout and i would like to maybe at some point in time you and i to figure out maybe about capturing the audio on that mm -hmm. um how, how we could do that um so we will figure that stuff out we will cross that bridge when we get closer to that anyways that's it for my backlog report nice so uh it was there was, there was, we always like, oh, we don't have that much. And then one you know, hour later. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, pretty much. But uh, so uh, last, uh, as, as per the usual, folks, uh, here's some words from our friends and we'll catch you on the other side of that. <clears throat> Excuse me, may I have a moment of your time to talk about the wonder and beauty of tokusatsu? See, tokusatsu is a Japanese word for special effects and usually refers to the super fun TV shows you watched as a kid with those heroes wearing spandex and those giant rubber monsters and cool explosions and awesome transformations. <sighs> so cool. I happen to be a big fan of it and run a podcast about the entire genre. So if you could just, like, I don't know, subscribe and, and take a listen to my episodes, I'd greatly appreciate it. It's called 
Henshin Dad Podcast. And it's it's kind of awesome. <laughs> or at least my, my mom thinks so, but she still hasn't reviewed it on iTunes yet. No. But anyway, thanks for your time. Just just check it out. The Henshin Dad Podcast. It's on Anchor, and I think you'll really enjoy it. Um, okay, okay, bye! Welcome back, automatons. That's not Whoa. a word. The actual no, word automaton is, is, a, is a word. Right, right. A but solus automaton. Putting, oh. putting an S at the end is not the proper way to say it. The proper way to say it is automata. That, uh, automata Multiple is the, automatons is the, is are automata. And that's like, what like this octopi? game is called. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Near automata. I had no idea. Because I've, I've heard people say uh, that it's automata. And I'm like, dude, it's a word. Automata is multiple automatons. It's it's a thing. Like it's the it's and, not and multiple get, automatons. Is right the plural yes. of a t- automaton. Yes, exactly, exactly. But, and but I, I get but, it's not but, a in common what other word. Context? Do we I get use, it? We don't say automobile. Mobile. We say automobile. <laughs> so why don't we say automaton? Automaton. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, I had heard it growing up from various sources. Certainly, it is not common. The the latest time that it stuck into my mind was a movie. Oh uh, my goodness! Uh, it Hugo. The movie is called Hugo. Okay. And it's a good movie. And there is, there are some scenes where there are contraptions that uh, are humanoid machines, and they are called. Or it's called an automaton, and so that stuck into my my brain because it's a good movie. Uh, so, anyways, uh, enough with that. We're talking today near Automata, the sequel to Near, and the, the, I guess also Sans the Automata Near Replicant One Point yeah. Three Four, you know, Pi or whatever number Yoko Taro decided to throw at the end of this. Oh, the the super long chain chain. I'm like, do those numbers mean anything? I'm sure they don't. I mean, I'm sure it's referencing something, but like, yeah, for for themselves. I I I think it's just. um, Do you think Yokotaro is just like I'm just gonna throw like? But also, he seems like the sort of like dude who's like weird enough that Mm -hmm. he'd be like, actually, these numbers reference this other thing over here. That like I was reading about, and so yeah, I I don't I don't know maybe maybe it just seems like too much. I mean, because because they did uh, the DLC from Near Automata has like a long string of numbers to it as well, just to be a punk. Yeah, I, I mean, we could probably two four seven four four eight seven one three nine. We could probably easily like solve this by googling it, but I'm not going to do that because it's not relevant. It's not relevant to the the, the immediate conversation. It's a rabbit hole. A, 
connected series of tubes that we could ask and see. Uh, anyways, um, yeah. Yes. So near automata, near automata, and you yeah. have the stats on it. I what, have what kind of stats are we looking at for this the, guy? The the biography on this feller or this mm -hmm. this gal, depending on how you you gender your games. Or mm -hmm. it's technically they're, an, they're it, automata. They don't have gender. Doesn't matter. It, well. Mm, we'll get into that because that's kind of weird too. Mm. Anyways, uh, <laughs> it, this was developed by Platinum Games, published by Square Enix. And this was actually sort of like the previous uh, Kavia was the publisher for the Dragon or the developer for Dragon Guard and Nier, mm -hmm. uh, the original Nier. I think they are since, uh, since defunct. Right. Uh, they are no longer around. And Platinum sort of like took over and, and sort of did this thing and platinum did such a bang up job on automata that uh they actually really a lot of the quality of life stuff that they did actually got worked back into near replicant with all the numbers um mm -hmm. but it was directed by you know we've mentioned him before yoko taro uh who is a bit of a an oddball uh he's yes. a bit of an eccentric guy um mm -hmm. And this has sort of become one of his hallmark things. Uh, it originally, a really, it, the original North American release for PS4 was March 7th of 2017. Uh, worldwide, it released on Windows platforms uh, March 17th. So 10 days later, uh, showed up on PCs uh, via Windows. And I've heard that that version of the game is pretty busted. Yeah, I've um, heard it, it. It ain't great, which is a it, shame because th this game kind of chugs a bit on my original PS4 mm, as well. Yeah, it was a there were there were times where it was a little clunky. Um, now now that I'm living in the future and I have that big shiny PS5, it mm. it, it hums along with little to no problems that, nice. at all, as far as I'm aware. Uh, and then eventually, uh, near Automata did find its way to the Xbox ecosystem in mm. June uh, of 2018, June 26, 2018. Uh, it released worldwide into the Xbox ecosphere. Uh, as far as genre goes, this game is cool. like, we could probably just have a conversation about that. It is like on its surface, it's an action RPG, right? Mm -hmm. uh, like, but there are um, sort of shoot 'em up like mechanics and sequences. Yeah. There's some side scrolling sort of like beat em up brawler kind of hack and slash action going on. Mm -hmm. uh, there's like some text adventure slash visual novel stuff that goes on uh, mm -hmm. throughout different sequences in the game. It's one of these things where it, if you had to pin it down to one genre, I'd probably just say it's an action RPG with a lot of, other stuff that's sort of like thrown in for good measure, but it it's also yeah. like I said, it's a bit of a genre bender. Um, it, it's a whole bunch of genres, and yeah, and that's it. Right? Yeah, it's not it's not necessarily like bending genres as much it is as it is just like throwing a bunch of them in at different parts of the game. Maybe like, bl maybe blending. It just sort yeah. of like. Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. It I just guess sort of jumbles. Scenes, it just throws them together, and it's like, hey, this is a shoot 'em up sequence in the middle of your right. action RPG. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I'd say the the closest thing uh, to 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 bending genres would be when you go back and forth between like 
3D section and then you go into a, a 2D kind of doing I was your, your thinking about stuff. the factory slash warehouse. Yeah. There's a lot of like yeah. where sometimes it's a, like there's like a top down and you're looking down. There are other sequences where it's like, you know, a 3D traditional action RPG sort of like camera view. There's other stuff where there's some like side scrolling elements like that. Mm-hmm. That whole sequence within the factory is kind of can be kind of bizarre at times. Yeah. So I think the, the, like this is a game that has received a lot of accolades. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, arguably without getting too far into it, it's like reasonably so. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't, we're, this is going to be a fairly, this part of the conversation is going to be fairly spoiler free. So we're going to talk broad stroke stuff. But I think one of the the interesting bits, like, and just sort of get to get this out of the way is that, this game to really experience all of the narrative, you have to play through it at least five times, four times. Well, four play five through it. Time. You need to Look, get five endings, five different endings. Yeah, that's and but like this, this also has a bunch of like joke endings where it's like, right, yeah. you eat this thing, or you walk into this right. Like it, the game prompts you to do X and you do Y. That's a an ending, and it's like. Yeah. Boop, and, and he was of, never seen again. The it's end. like, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> oh, it's okay. like, oh, you know, you, you ate this fish, but you're not a human. And so this fish that you ate killed you. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it made your body stop working. Um, <laughs> the end. The end. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. The, yeah. They're, they're jokes. And, but t- what you were saying earlier about replaying the game. Um, there are t- like some of those endings you do get from playing parts of the game over again with different characters. Mm-hmm. So yes, it does feel like playing the same game at times, but then at other times it goes completely different. Like it feels like an entire DLC pack. That's like the same length as the, as it takes to get to the first. Yeah. Ending. I so mean, it's, I did somewhat a, a side quest to get, a particular ending and it was substantial mm. like yeah what i had to do like in order to achieve that was substantial so um gotcha and i only got a handful i mean maybe three or four other endings outside of the the main five so i didn't i didn't work at those at all um but, i was but uh, there are reasons though so, which we won't get into until two weeks later yeah, like we'll we'll read we will revisit this, but it is just it's a game that has sort of again rightfully been lauded, and mm-hmm. because it does some interesting things, I think like it yeah. is pretty. It needs to be sort of noted and acknowledged that um, if you're like Nate, Josh, why would I play through this game five six times? It's mm-hmm. like well, because every time you play through it, you know you actually sort of peel back a little bit. It's like sort of an onion, right. the eclair kind of moment. And the mm-hmm. more you times you sort of cycle through that, it sort of peels back a little bit more of the game and it reveals a little bit more of the story. And it's, it's clever. Like, yeah. I mean, like a parfait. Is like that what a, you're talking about? Yes. No, a parfait, not an eclair. <laughs> not an eclair. <laughs> well, I mean, eclairs have sort of layers. They have not, a gooey center and they're delicious. So well, I mean, it, I would say that the center of near delicious. Automata might be kind of gooey. Um, mm. It's not nearly as 
It's it's kind of messy. That's true, and possibly saccharin, like in Eclair. But anyway, again, we'll get to that. Ooh, wow! I, I like that. <laughs> this, this game is uh, is Eclair the video game. Um, but I, yeah, we, I mean, it, it's kind of one of those things where um, you know to to um, just briefly touch on it. The story is a sort of an existential humanist sort of. Mm-hmm dialogue um yeah there's it asks a bunch of questions and i think we briefly talked about it a couple weeks ago but and and we've talked about this before and maybe not so many words but just like this is a game that a lot of people when they they sort of like when we talked about like we were going to be playing this everybody's like oh i love this story and you and i started playing it and at first i was like okay yeah this is pretty interesting but the further i got into it and it's don't get me wrong. I enjoyed it, but this is actually part of the game that probably crystallized some of this for me too, where mm-hmm. it's like some of this story is like, if <sighs> a lot of times when we have stories in video games, like what might be a merely sort of subpar story or okay story, mediocre story, right. Mm-hmm. In in a different format is because it's in a video game. It is, you know, it's becomes, it sort of just gets bumped up. Like, so if it's like, it's more experiential. Yeah. Yeah. You have, but, you're playing a part in it, but this game I, and, and, you know, I've sort of waffled back and forth and it's like, there are parts of this game where I'm like, it feels a little, you know, it's, it's, it's video game story. Good. You know, versus, mm-hmm. but there are other parts where I'm like, there's some like legitimately good bones in here. And I, I think, you know, and, and I, I think this is going to be one of those games that depending on the day you catch me, you're going to get one of two answers about how I feel about the the narrative and the story of this. It's either like top five and it's arguably one of the best stories in video games told mm-hmm. um, because it does sort of do this thing where it is sort of like, there's a mechanical sort of aspect to it. There's the sort of the interactive aspect to it where it's like, I, th- I think the way that this game controls and plays and sort of the mechanics and the different sort of like that element is just as important as the actual story that just the straight narrative, mm-hmm. like, and, it, and, yeah. it, and like, I think there's something like in there, but it's also, there are times when it's like, dude, like and I'm gonna sort of like like part of the reason like and like the Fountainhead and Atlas Shrugged and everybody rants about these. It's like these are those books are okay, right? Like like she was a I'm gonna say competent writer. She wasn't like she was you know she was no Bard. She was no Bill Shakespeare, right? Yeah, yeah. but she was pretty good, but. The reason that we people really like those books is because of the philosophical argument, right. you know that, the, and it's like in a way this is very kind of Randian. Now it's a completely different sort of philosophical sort of perspective mm-hmm. and argument, but it is kind of like the same thing. This is up there with uh, Les Changes by Sartre. It's uh, The Stranger by Jean Paul Sartre. It's kind of like it's an interesting story, but the story isn't the part that's really all that important. The story is mm-hmm. just a set piece that's meant to sort of like examine the, the arguments posited. Does that right. 
And so like there, I'm kind of a mixed mind because it is, it is a fairly compelling narrative hook, but it's also kind of like, it's not, it's not, this is no shadow of the Colossus, baby. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, especially when you, when you talk about kind of like the, the difference or the, the separation of mechanics and the overall story and, and even, yeah, like their story, story as narrative and then their story as underlying themes. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, we can pull those apart, which again, we'll, we'll push that off until two weeks because that's going to be, a, that's the whole can of worms. Um, but when you look at just the mechanics in and of themselves, they're, 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 I had fun with it, but I also recognized how repetitive it was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it certainly gives you a lot of different options to do things but you can easily fall into your niche and do that same thing pretty much throughout the entire game. If you want I, to. Once I sort of found particular chipsets that I liked mm-hmm. that sort of catered to, because there's a lot of like different customizable stuff like that. Like, you know, you, the, the different ways you can customize the pods or customize yeah. the pods, the different way, like the different weapon loadouts mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then just even sort of like the the chips. So mechanically, just basically sort of an overview here, guys, is like this is an action RPG. There are levels. You do have some sort of like base stats, like attack, defense, mm-hmm. kind of stuff like that. But then there's a surprisingly flexible system that exists within that. And there mm-hmm. are these different chips that you can, like you can expand the number of chips that you can equip or like, the, the the slots basically and yeah some chips will have a like a value of one and some will have like a value of eight and you might have 24 slots that you can sort of use up and so it's it's balancing that but these things will do sometimes it's like you heal for every hit that you or you heal for every kill or mm-hmm. you auto regen or when you attack, it shoots out a shockwave that does a certain percent of damage. You move yeah. quicker. There's all sorts of stuff that you can sort of like swap these chips in and out. If you dodge, then, you know. You, it you slows time things, so. or yeah. it does whatever. And it's like you dodge back farther. And there's all sorts of stuff that you can sort of do with that mm-hmm. that actually makes it a very customizable sort of like. So you can play with different sort of like combat combat builds or loadouts um in addition but so like the actual leveling doesn't mean all that much it's not completely unimportant either Mm -hmm. but yeah yeah you can you can go grind if you want to um and even just to for anyone who hasn't played it when we say action rpg it actually has a pretty standard like platinum games feel to it like it actually feels more like one of those stylish action games that that platinum games are known for you know something like, like Bayonetta, bayonetta bayonetta yep. um and you know some of the outfits might make you think you're playing bayonetta um but mm-hmm. you know kind of that similar yeah, yeah they that? they they are not afraid to get a little pervy so yeah, that that was another thing that I I wanted to kind of address since since we said that we're going to be talking about like any kind of baggage walking into this is yeah, it's it's a little weird. Um, and so 
I feel like there were there were lots of different segues we could have gone into talking about just Yoko Taro as a designer, uh, as a as a game, like basically as an auteur. I think mm-hmm. um, one of the guys who really kind of leaves a mark on his own games. Um, but he does. This is kind of his mo. <laughs> not not that he's like always pervy, but just that like he. Um, there are things well, that he adds that that have a lot of meaning, and then there are things that he adds just to be wacky and weird and, and a bit of a provocateur, this, so. right? And well, one I look of the at Kane from that, the original Nier. Uh, she's in Replicant. She's basically wearing like a a teddy. Oh, okay. Like a lacy okay. little lingerie thing, and mm-hmm. she's got a bunch of like ribbons and junk and her butt's hanging out and crap and i mean you look at a2 she's basically running around in her underwear yeah uh yeah to be you know there's so full disclosure um there are two trophies that i did use the in-game currency to buy okay um one was there's a trophy about basically looking up to be skirt a certain number of times. And then there's one where you get, and I did do this for a little bit because I thought it was kind of funny, but you can blow off their pants. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I was like, this is just, I was like, what is going on? This is weird. Um, but like you play like for an hour or two with no pants on nines. Um, (laughs) So I did do that for a little bit, but I was like, this is dumb. I'm not like, and I just went and like, I was like, I'm not going to, but so yeah, there's this weird, like pervy fan servicey sort of element that I am not super into. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's like, okay. So again, games called near automata. Everyone that you see is a robot. Yeah. These aren't, so there's, there's no reason. It, they're also, they're also wearing high heels. Which annoyed me the yeah, entire even, time. Even in like the when when you sort of unlock the sequences with the combat armor and stuff like that, mm-hmm. those those suits have this the it's like the the superhero. It's like Wonder Woman in high heels. Like, listen, mm-hmm. nah, yeah, nah, bro, nah, like, nah. Right, right. And there's there's the perspective that you can say, oh, well, it doesn't, you know, it's like just on the line with some of the things, you know, 2B isn't that bad unless you pay in the camera around, whatever. But then it's like, no, clearly she was designed this way. It's so fetishistic. That, like, yeah, yeah. As you're, as you're, because throughout the game, you're climbing, you know, towers and things like that. You go up a ladder camera automatically pans down and it's just like, Oh, this is awkward and weird. You know, like, mm-hmm. no, this game had to be programmed. <laughs> like yeah. clearly this, they were this was an active made. choice. Right. Somebody. Right. Yeah. Which, and it's like, and it's, it's one of those things that I, I feel like does sort of detract from the game overall yes. where it's kind of like, man, like if you didn't have the, like these weird sort of like, I mean, I remember when uh, this game first came out and people were posting really kind of like, cru- well, I mean, dude, like, listen, gamer, gamer dudes and, and some gamer girls too, like, but they're a bunch of crusty pervs. 
I look yeah. at like the whole Lady Dimitrescu stuff from mm-hmm. Resident Evil Eight, and yeah. like where they're like, I want her to step on me, and I'm like, listen, you freaking perv, like yeah. that's enough, like you're done, like we're we're done with this crap, and I, I don't appreciate it. Um, yeah, yeah. So female Bowser, anyone? Oh, internet is a. Well, that was place. that was all internet. That was never Nintendo. Nintendo had nothing to do with that. Right. Uh, right. Like, yeah. No, I'm saying I'm Princess saying Princess Bowser or Bowser or whatever. Yeah. 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 They're going to yeah. be like creepy and weird. Yeah. 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 So, I, so something weird. like this, um, I, in near Automata, it's feeding that, you know, it's like, okay, this is what, what they want or, or may again, yeah, you can take a different perspective that it's just Yoko Taro, but I can't help but think, you know, he's playing toward, he's playing to an audience. Um, because I think he's he's straight up said that there's no reason why, you know, most all of the robots that you meet, almost all ninety five percent of the robots in this game are female, um, or at least the the uh, humanoid, the androids, excuse me, mm-hmm. are female, and then there's only a few males. Um, it's just I think in some interview, if I don't, I, I could be misremembering, but he said something along the lines of, "Yeah, I did it just." because like it's it's not what you would think you know when when you think about these robots that are going you know on on this war this constant war you would think they would look like these military men no i wanted to go the other direction so i made them you know women in high heels kind of a thing it's like yeah okay oh all right like weirdo yeah so. you're, you're freaking what a weirdo um but yeah <laughs> thanks I, I mean, it sucks and I hate it, but well, you know, it's, I, I think too, like, so since we're talking about the aesthetics, I'm going to pull something up here. Akihito Yoshida was one of the primary uh, game artists when it comes okay. to Nier. This guy has also responsible for some of the ogre battle stuff. So like tactics, ogre, all of that. Whoa. Uh, some stuff in the final fantasy. I'm actually just going to pull up a list here. Uh, so Final Fantasy Tactics, he was, uh, did some background art and character design, Vagrant Story, background art, character design, um, Final Fantasy 12, background art, supervisor, main character design, uh, wait, he did Bravely Default? He was the lead main character design for Bravely Default. Dang. Um, he has done some character design stuff for uh, Final Fantasy XIV and Realm Reborn. Uh, Nier Automata. I'm just looking here. Uh, yeah, he the Nier Replicant stuff. He actually was responsible for main character design. Like this, the, the like, and looking at this stuff, I'm like, I can s- see some of those like, like the the, the DNA here. Um, yeah where uh yeah so it's definitely i, I wasn't it, w- it was not like something where i was like oh this is a huge surprise when it like it, like and when you look at actual illustrations and concept art and stuff i'm like oh yeah like this is like y- you've seen this guy's work uh, yes i yeah. was the the two in particular that when I was sort of looking at the the sort of the concept design the concept work and the the, the sketches and stuff like that I actually thought Fagrant Story and Final Fantasy twelve and yeah. he was a big part of both of those I mean and again too the look like of Evilise 
Yeah, the, the the whole evilly stuff, and so I I did like he and he wasn't not the only artist, but he was one of the lead artists on this, and he, I think in a lot of ways his aesthetic is one of the most pronounced. Um, yeah, yeah, I so, see it now. I see it. Yeah, it's like once it was sort of like like I, I was like, oh, this kind of stuff that, that reminds me of like Vagrant Story a little bit without Ashley Wright's giant sort of boomerang mm. cow like bang thing yeah um but yeah uh so it, it was very i, I was like I, I was pretty interested uh and and that was just something of note because i i think like this yeah. game like the actual game itself like you know the city the ruined city that you, you sort of exist in in that environment as you know what i and too just sort of talking about it is like the more that you play that game and the more you sort of unpack and like the different sort of like at first like at first blush the, the game seems like there isn't a ton going on but the more you sort of dig around in there there's a lot more in that environment mm-hmm. than i think like th- there was stuff in there where i was like um there are things that it's like, oh, you can jump down there and you can fight things down there and mm. you can climb up here and there are things up there to be found. And it's like, you can go over here and it's like, there's all sorts of like, uh, inter- like it's, it, there's a lot, there's a lot more packed in than I actually like at first blush, you know, sort of. Yeah. Which is, it's kind of like a bit of a metaphor for the, the game in, in and of itself, because uh, at first pass, you're like, oh, this doesn't seem like a whole lot. And the more you sort of dig in, it's like, oh, there is definitely more here. So. Yeah. 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 Um, so going back to the creator, Yokotaro himself. So he, so he, he's made a few different games. I mean, he's had his hands in, in other games, but he's most well known as like the creative director for the Dragon Guard yeah, series, the Dragon Guard um, and the original Nier, right? So Nier is actually a spinoff of the Dragon Guard so, stuff, and I say that he actually did not uh, do Dragon Guard two, so one and three basically. But you know, he created the world, and so mm-hmm. did these these two spinoffs, um, Nier and Nier Automata, which now you know, like Nier Automata is like the biggest out of all the games that he's ever done. Um, it's sold surprisingly well. And- well. I think that what's interesting too is like if I remember correctly, Near is sort of it's basically um it's a it's a like almost like a very it's like an outworking of a hidden ending from one of the other games. The yeah, yeah, I know I know that's well that's their connection point is from the mm. first Dragon Guard. And actually, okay, so we're talking about baggage. The only game that I've ever played I own Near, I've never touched it. Um, mm. because I heard that the ending of that is really weird. Uh, yeah. Anyways, won't get into that. Cause I don't know. I've never actually played it. Um, but Dragon Guard, I did play that one as a teenager, probably like late high school. And I enjoyed it. Um, I didn't play very much of it. I played the first handful of levels and I, I had fun with it. It's a Muso type game. So dynasty warriors type thing where you're just killing a bunch of people. You have a dragon and you can, you know, like destroy tons and tons of people. But the whole uh, thought behind that game that Yokotar has, t- has talked about 
is that these types of games are really popular. You know, the games that you go and just kill hordes of people and how, um, you know, you're, you're scored based on how many people you kill that you could, you do better the more people you kill. And he's like, that's actually a horrifying thought. So I'm going to make one of these games and everyone is just going to be completely psycho and they're all going to be horrible people because they're murdering hundreds of people mm. on the battlefield. And and so like this whole game is to make you feel bad <laughs> about it because all the characters are horrible people. Um, I didn't get that far in the game. Uh, apparently it's really repetitive and you have to kind of, yeah, do stuff over and over again in order to get it, in order to get the best ending of the game. And the best ending of the game is this weird, like multiverse craziness going into like modern day and transporting a dude and a dragon and a, a lady who's and like 20 aliens tall and, and magic just, yeah. flowers and giant babies and that's right yeah super all kinds of insanity weird like i've yes. watched the 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 ending and mm-hmm. i have no it's like one of those things where i have little to no context mm-hmm. um about these games like yeah like I, yeah, it, yeah the, I sort of like the same thing is like my sort of ex, any experience with Dragon Guard is like, I think I played some of it and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And then it was like, mm-hmm. like the, the first one or maybe the third one it is maybe it's, it's like, I don't know, it's one of them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's one of those things where I'm like interested in it and especially retroactively, like now that I've played a little bit, like I played, I bought near when it came out. Cause I was like, this, this looks weird. And I played it for a while, probably 20, 30 hours in. And then I was just like, Oh wow. I, I got a substantial way through it. And I was just like, mm, yeah, like yeah. It, it just, it wasn't That's enough. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty much. And, uh, and so when I saw near automata, like just even sort of like touching briefly on sort of like personal history baggage context, like when I saw mm-hmm. near automata, my initial like sort of look at, it, I was like, well, near was okay. And this looks okay. Yeah. But then when I'm hearing people like rant and rave about it, I'm going mm-hmm. like, okay, this is weird. This is. Yeah, yeah. yeah totally. Uh, yeah. It, it's because it reviewed so well. And like anytime anyone brings it up, basically it's almost universally positive. Um, like, this th- is the greatest game ever. Right. Yeah. No, there, there are people who, who have said that. And I understand why now that I've played it. Um, but even I, I had heard about it well before I got my hands on a PS4. And so it was on my short list of games of like, yeah, this is a reason to get a PS4, you know, along with Bloodborne and Persona 5. Like I, I really want to play Nier Automata. I know it's one of the the best that on Mm -hmm. the system. And so I wanted to check it out just for that. You know, I, I didn't necessarily have to have context, course i look into these things online as as spoiler free ish as possible but then when i heard more about when i really started looking into like dragon guard and the things that you have to do it, it it is very very repetitive if you want to get that best ending and that best it's very difficult as well and so i'm like nope not interested well don't, and i think some of that, that too sort of shows up though in like the weapon leveling i don't know how okay. many weapons okay. you like leveled all the way up or whatever but I leveled all of them up and that oh was my goodness. super grindy. And I actually, the only way to unlock a certain side quest is by leveling up all the, the weapons to max level. And wait, all the weapons. What do you mean by all the weapons? 
all the weapons, like all the weapons, all the what, all the fist weapons, all the swords, all the long swords, all the spears, all the weapons, not the pods, wow. just You're the weapons. Man. I, <laughs> dude, like, listen, my neurosis is like, should be no surprise to anybody who's listened to it. Like, <laughs> sometimes, like, when I dig in and I like, I go down the rabbit hole, baby, it gets it's it's a weird place. It's a, I'm like I'm like I have to do this thing, and like there's a part of me. It's like no, you don't, Nate. It's like no, yes, I do. I, I <laughs> but I, but I have to. But I have to. It um, sucks and I hate it, but I have to. It sucks and I hate it, and this is awful. And actually, grinding <laughs> for all the materials wasn't terrible. Wasn't that bad? Yeah, but it, I mean, there's there's probably what like two dozen weapons. Am uh, I am I off base there? It's that, probably it's it probably like it's at a least a dozen amount. and a half, but yeah, it's probably okay. I'd probably say it's somewhere like that eighteen to twenty five ish range. Yeah, yeah. So okay. I'm not I'm not misremembering because I don't think I got them all. There there were some that I just straight up wasn't even interested in. Um, but like, I, well, yeah, and there's there's a lot of stuff where I was like, I didn't give two rips about it. Yeah, uh, but then it was just like I was like to, to get this. Yeah, I was like, there's other stuff where it's like I use this all the time. And then I was like, well, if you want to unlock this this particular side quest, it's like you have to yeah. you have to get them all. Gotta Guess get, I'm doing it then. Gotta <laughs> gotta catch them all. Yeah. Gotta max them all. Gotta max them all. Gotta max them all. Gotta max them all. I think there's a rap about that somewhere. But um is anyway, it, okay. So the only the other best, thing the very best. The that no one ever was. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about with, with Yogotaro, and because I think this actually helps to explain a lot of, uh, well, a lot of the game in general, is that he has said the way that he designs games is he starts with the ending. Mm. Okay, so you have this, this ending idea that you go for, and then he works back from that to different different emotional experiences that he wants the player to feel and different um, themes that he's going to be working with and drops them in throughout the story. So because of that, that tells me that there are certain things, um, whether, you know, you mentioned earlier, the story is kind of, it it plays second fiddle Mm -hmm. to the themes. I think certainly it does because clearly he builds the game around an ending uh, so so the story isn't so much important like the arcs of the story are not so much important so long as it gets you to these moments yeah, yeah. He, he creates these moments and so like sure it might be slightly nonsensical at times but that's not really the point <laughs> the point are these set pieces the point are how does this make you feel the point the, is the big moment and what it provokes in you right and all the little feelings that you've had leading up to that that builds the the tension for this theme if that makes sense so he's not really a details person although he he uses lots of foreshadowing and i think he even talks about it as like an emotional foreshadowing so it's not even you know like a one-to-one type deal but it's like you feel this sense of of whatever the theme is throughout the game and so it's it's just expounded upon uh, where he wants to take you and I think that explains a lot about the way that this game at times feels very deep once you understand it. 
And then at other times it feels real shallow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like we talked about like the perviness is like, why is this in a game that is trying to really hint at these real deep, you know, you mentioned, I don't want to go into to spoilers, but you mentioned that this game is, it, it uses a lot of existentialist humanistic philosophy. Okay. I'll say that. How can a game that tries to tackle a theme like that also like parade scantily clad women you know, half the time has these because women's none of it, and none of it. I like, mean, it's it's honest because in a way, it's saying none of it really matters. Mm, I mean, nothing really matters. the The crux of existentialism really sort of boils back to like existence is is self defined. Like the mm-hmm. the meaning of life right. is self defined, is self driven, is self. I mean, that's sort of like a, a a bit of a snapshot, sort of like quick summary of what existentialism, like the core argument or thesis of, of existentialism is. Mm -hmm. So I am therefore dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, you know, just to sort of like, I I was doing some, some reading and sort of prepping for this a little bit. And Mm -hmm. uh, Jean Paul Sartre uh, basically at one point in time said, uh, existentialism is a humanist or a humanism. And he's saying like existentialism is only sort of, is is a logical conclusion of some of the outworkings of the humanist perspective. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And and there will be again, I, I hate to to continue to do this, but I'm gonna have to, because it gets into spoiler territory. There's gonna be a lot more of talk on these things in two weeks when we do open up the the floodgates of spoilers and we talk about the story. And, and yeah, kind of the theming, but just to, just to whet your appetite, this game does go into some philosophical themes that, um, I, I don't think it's, it's too much of a spoiler. And if you've been following the podcast, I've talked about this in when I was playing the game in saying that it doesn't really open up and reveal itself until like the end of the game. <laughs> yeah. Um, so a lot of the time it feels like it's stringing you along and, crazy stuff is happening and things out of left field are like, you're trying to follow the main narrative and it's like, no, all these other side things you're getting tossed yeah. around into these different places, which again, to me makes more sense now that I understand how Taro works. Um, because it's, it's not so much about, you know, this main, well, it's about the through lines. It's not about the plot itself. Um, although I would say they are compelling enough for a video game, for sure. And the way that he contrasts the different plots, I, I say he obviously is a team behind him, but if he's the one mainly writing it, um, the way that he contrasts the different plots against each other and also with the different endings. Um, so if you take Jending as a different you know, like plot line, like it, it's kind of cool the way that, that he does it. Um, and so I understand, I guess, kind of like wrapping this up, if you don't mind going there now, um, I I would understand why people would call this a masterpiece of a video game. Um, I, I I think if you take it there, you have to understand that it's a flawed masterpiece. Yeah. It's not, it's yeah. not like perfect all the way through, but I do, I, I would agree that it does do something very special. It does something that I have not, seen in other video games mm-hmm. and so i understand where people are coming f- through coming from 
um, and why they would say that. I know this is a weird comparison, but it almost it almost feels to me a lot like what remains of Edith Finch in that the way that the story is told and how it makes you a part of it at times is more impactful than like the sum of its parts or it, it, it the some of those individual is, parts ring a lot like do a lot more of the heavy lifting than the overall story is that is, well, I, I would say the other the, actually the other way around like uh, what the game is trying to do kind of the main thing is what makes it so strong where mm, some of the okay. parts of it are not like, yeah the, not the, perfect the, yeah i think i i would agree with sort of the statement that yeah this is if if we sort of want to categorize it as a flawed masterpiece i'm like mm-hmm. i'm like yeah absolutely because there are some areas where it's it's frankly i'm like eh, this is pretty weak uh, yeah this is this is pretty troubled this is kind yeah. of just like but it's i i would say i could certainly see it in a top 25 in our list i would even say maybe like depending on what else is up there in a list not our list but in (laughs) a list like top 10 okay okay you know i think personally i i could recommend it in a top in my own like top 10 pantheon because again we'll talk about why in two weeks um yeah so i i'm i put this game pretty high personally uh it's just that yeah you might not enjoy the entire experience so so like it's very different than something like silent hill 2 where i did not enjoy that game at all but i really liked what it was trying to do Um, well i think like yeah silent hill 2 is sort of a great sort of like contrast like contrast to this whereas mm-hmm. like i actually hated playing that game mm-hmm. but like i walked away sort of like almost like a, with a begrudging sort of admiration yeah with this game yes. i actually really enjoyed the gameplay and a lot of the, the story and stuff but mm-hmm. like sort of like at, at the end of it it sort of felt diminished when it was all said and done because it was like it felt like it should have hit a lot harder than it actually did yeah, and I, I don't you. know how much of that is like. There are some like gameplay weakness. Like, oh, overall, like, listen, just like sort of like my sort of like I I would recommend people play this. I think mm-hmm. it's at least give the do the like the first playthrough, and if you're not super into it, then at that point in time you've done your due diligence, walk away. But I I think it's 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 pretty great. But yeah. it's very hard for me. I I don't. I think like it's that that caveat that that it is a flawed masterpiece. Yeah, yeah. It's hard for me to recommend that anyone just play through the first ending because it's such a different game after that, and it's such a different game when you finally get to the end. In, well, if in you the get way to the it, first ending and you don't want to keep going, and you don't like it, yeah, yeah. That's, I, so. <laughs> I mean, at that point, like, I mean, at that point in time, like, that, that there's your answer. But like, yeah, 
like for me, it was like, I was kind of like, oh, this is like fine. It's okay. Right. And then the mm-hmm. first ending, I sort of, and I was like, this is pretty enjoyable. It's not like really great or anything, but it's like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. And I got through and it was like, and it was like that second run through and playing as, playing as that, that second playthrough was, I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> like, okay. Like, yes. Like it, it, there was like a super hard vibe at that point in time where I was like, yeah, I'm into this. Yeah, man. Cause um, I it can't say too much without spoiling things. So, right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And we, they, it will get talked about in uh, probably a much beefier episode uh, than this one. But I think, I think that's a good uh, place. Well, actually, I'm sorry. I, I think there's, there's one more thing. And because we're kind of short on time already, I don't want to um, beat it into the ground. But I do. I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't at least bring up the fact that the soundtrack to this game is absolutely fantastic. Oh yeah, yeah. I actually uh, had a note where I wanted to talk a little bit about this. The soundtrack of this game, phenomenal. Like yeah. it, that weird like world music, mm-hmm. pop, synth, rock, orchestral. There's it's so just like dripping with atmosphere. Yes. Like every yeah. and, track just, yeah. And emotional content as well. Like yeah. it, you, it, you feel it, it conveys a sense of where you are because you're on this, you know, largely barren earth. And so even the first track that plays when you get out there, that's kind of like, it's, it's big and almost sort of empty sounding and the the song that like the song that's being sung has this sense of like longing with it that's just oh man oh it, yeah dude it makes it hit the, home the sort of more. the melancholic sort of yes yes um, the the just almost eerie vocals like mm-hmm. it's like Keiichi Okabe okay was I think he was sort of like the and again I think he, there were other people who also you know just just to sort of real quick um and just to, the other artists um on visuals uh yuyu nagai and toshi yuki itahana were the other two sort of credited arts artists um but then as far as like composers go uh keichi okabe is like uh he's at the top of the list here and then it uh, but he did collaborate with uh Kaigo or Keigo Hoashi and Kuniyuki Takahashi. So, um, but Keiichi Okabe, just he is uh, been the composer on Dragon Guard uh, for well, Dragon Guard Three near uh, near Tamada. Just sort of looking up some of his stuff. Uh, he. Uh, just some of the things that he's been credited on Tekken Two, Tekken Three. Um, you know that that people might uh a bunch of the Tekken games, Valkyrie Profile, mm-hmm. Lenneth. He was uh did some sound effects for that. Um, interesting. Beautiful Katamari. He's uh credited <laughs> with the the track Boyfriend a Go Go. Um, uh, he he's got some tracks on Taiko no Tatsujin Twelve. Nice. Um, and 11, 
near obviously Ridge Racer 3D. Uh, Super Smash Brothers for Nintendo 3DS and Wii U. Yeah. He has some tracks there. So I'm just uh, 15, uh, Final Fantasy 15. Uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, Soul Calibur 6. Uh, so the wonderful 101 remastered. He did some yeah. arrangements in there. And uh, yeah, so he's, I mean, that's just video game stuff. He's also... He's written some music for just a bunch of different anime. Um, so he's uh, he's he's he he's sort of done a lot of music production and composition, and he he's just sort of he's he's one of the sort of the the creative leads there. And uh, oh boy, that soundtrack! It's it's a banger. Yeah, yeah. It's a banger. Really good. And it, it definitely like it's it it is good music on itself for yeah. sure. But yeah, in I mean, the context of the game is where it really comes alive. Like it yeah. you have these different um uh, soundtracks for each of the different areas. And so I think of I think of like Pascal's Village as well, and just the way that it incorporates like children's voices yeah. in, in like a in it almost an eerie kind of way to my Western ears, you know, it sounds a little eerie. And so you're always kind of like slightly a little on, off. Aid, on edge. Yeah, exa- it's a, yeah it's, exactly. It's like, just sort of a should little. Should I trust this place or is it, I don't know. <laughs> Everything just sort of, it's, it's the, the entire soundtrack is, I, I bought the album of the soundtrack. Album okay. Cause it's like, awesome. I enjoy it so much. Um, but it is, it's like, it is uh, a little disconcerting little yes. sort of like just kind of leaves you going like almost like it's but it's also nostalgic and melancholic mm-hmm. it's like it it it's it's weird that that music is like and i think it's just yeah. due to the nature of like it sort of just taps into so many different things that it mm-hmm. it sounds like i know i've sort of heard this before but i don't know where and it's like well yeah. it's because it sort of taps into a bunch of different stuff so yeah for sure well, um, that is our thoughts on, I guess, the baggage that we come with when we uh, came just, to near Automata. It's a and, strong recommendation. Like, uh, like yeah. this is like uh, this is a should play, bordering on must play. Mm-hmm. This is a great game. It's got some serious drawbacks, but like, boy howdy, it is a uh, it is neat. It is yeah. like it is. There, there are some things. Like I said, like. Um, yeah without yeah you know if if you want to hear some more more thoughts on that folks you're you're just gonna have to tune back in here in a couple weeks yes so yes and and there will be discussion um but in the meantime if you have thoughts on the game there's tons of ways that you can contact us and we can talk about that as well even as we continue to discuss the game uh, on twitter our handle is at bbdowncast you can email us at the backlog breakdown at gmail.com we've got the facebook group the hashtag backlog book club on facebook we've got a discord server we'd love for you to join us there mm-hmm. and then if you want to reach out personally on you know psn gg twitter facebook whatever i generally go by broccolope which is spelled b-r-o-c-c-o-l-o-p-e and nate goes by nate underscore mckeever
Yeah, you do. I do. Um, we, <laughs> we're also a member of the Playwell Network, uh, so you should check out our friends and their podcasts as well. Yeah. Some really good stuff going on there. Um, and if you like what we do, we'd encourage you to rate and review the podcast wherever you are listening to this. Uh, hopefully you're subscribed and share it with your friends. We would love to have more people to interact with and you know mm-hmm. listen to well, us. And, and sharing is caring. Sharing. If you care about your friends, you'll tell them about us. If you I think care, I've heard that before. That's if you care sad. about, if you care about us, and you want us to succeed, mm-hmm. you will share this podcast with your friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a win win. Yeah, yeah, yeah win, I think win. They will, feel, Scott, they will feel loved. We will feel loved. Mm-hmm. It'll be great, and we'll Just, continue on. So it's a win win win. There's three wins in there. It's great. It's great for everyone. Uh, we do also have a Patreon. If you're interested in supporting us financially, just think of it like a tip jar. If you want to, uh, patreon.com slash the backlog breakdown, real simple. Uh, and you do get uncut, uh, versions of all of the episodes that we do as well as our bro hang, which is where we just chill and talk about whatever. A lot of times it's also video games. Uh, sometimes it's Mm -hmm. bands and songs that we mix up in our heads and whatever, you know, whatever we feel Mm -hmm. like talking about. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's neat. It's a good time. It's the thing. I, and like, listen, folks, it's not just like, I'm not just saying that because, uh, I make it. I also, I, I listen to our stuff too. And I, I sort of sit back and I laugh mostly because it's like. Yeah, I, I mostly laugh at my own sort of insanity and the way that that sort of comes out. But, you know, so I think uh, that, that we should probably sort of wrap this up and call it a night. We have done all the things that we came here to do for mm-hmm. tonight. Mm-hmm. And we will, you know, as, as we have mentioned several times, we'll be back in two weeks. Yeah. Uh, but until then, until next time, Josh, we've done what we should and what we, we came to do. What should our dear our beloved listeners do you guys keep beating down those backlogs and we'll keep breaking down the benefits indeed yes Uh, and the final word and and i don't typically do this during the final word ladies and gentlemen but i would like to throw out a bit of a disclaimer uh this is the final word for uh not for several reasons one it entertains me two uh, I thought it especially prescient because as we were talking about sort of near Tamada and I felt myself sort of being dragged back in and then I talked, I referenced Magic the Gathering Arena earlier and I talked about how that sort of has its hooks in me. So I thought, what else should I quote other than Dumb and Dumber, that that cinematic gem? And this is a line that I, I think uh, speaks very deeply and profoundly Onto to where I am psychologically. And the final word goes to Dumb and Dumber from Harry. You know, Lloyd, just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this and totally redeem yourself. sucks and I hate it. It sucks and I hate it.
<laughs> All right. Nice.